Thank you for listening to this service from Calvary of Albuquerque. It's our hope that this message will help you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, Skip, uh, Linya, this is your favorite redneck coming from North Carolina. And I just want to congratulate you guys on 30 years of incredible ministry there in Albuquerque. And it's not just Albuquerque, it's uh, New Mexico, the Southwest, and all across the United States, and literally around the world. You all have touched tens of thousands of lives, and I'm just so grateful uh, to have you guys as my friend. And I want to pray that God will just give you another 30 years. Is that possible? You betcha. Could you have 60 years of ministry? You betcha. And I just pray God will give you another 30 years, and you're just halfway through, buddy. You all keep going, and, and, and listen, Linya... Keep him off the skateboards. He's too old for that stuff, okay? Love you. See you guys later. Hey, everybody. Pastor Greg Laurie here at Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside. We're just finishing our service. People are coming out. And I'm reminded of the fact that you guys at Calvary Chapel of Albuquerque have just celebrated 30 years of ministry. That is fantastic. Congratulations. That's something of a milestone, no question. I thank God for the faithful ministry of Pastor Skip and his wife Lenya and all that God has done to your church, not only in the state of New Mexico, but really around the country and even in the world. So I pray that God will bless you today and for many years to come as you continue to reach the whole world with the gospel. God bless you. Hey Skip, here I am at Santa Ofer, man. I'm going surfing a little today, but I want to wish you a 30th anniversary. And I can remember when you started and I was at the Kiva Auditorium. I can see there from 45 people what God has done for you and Lenya. It's a real blessing, man. May the Lord bless you guys and your congregation. I always feel at home when I go to New Mexico, man. You're part of my family. God bless you. Hey, this is David Jeremiah, and it's my privilege to take a moment and send my love and congratulations to my friend Skip Heitzik and the Calvary Church in Albuquerque. What an incredible thing to be together for these many years, serving the Lord Jesus Christ. It's really incredible because we just celebrated our 30th anniversary, and it's wonderful to look back over your shoulder and realize how faithful God has been over three decades of ministry. I know that the best is still in front of you guys, and I'm praying that he will continue to use you as he has, making a, making a difference not only in Albuquerque, but around the world. Thanks for all you're doing, and God bless you on this special day in your life. Hey there. I love the past, but you can't live there, can you? Now is the time for us to look at it And thank God for the good things that he has done in and among and through us in this place. Um, There is a poll of people over the age of 95. Anyone? (laughs) Well, they did poll those people and they asked them if you could do it all over again, i.e. life, what would you do differently? And the number two thing they would do differently is to take risks. 
Wow, to get all the way to that place and look back and say, I should have taken more risks. I think risk takers are movers and shakers, especially those who live by faith. Look at Noah. He built a boat and it had never rained on the planet before. That was a big risk. Or you look at Abraham. He left Ur of the Chaldees home to go to the promised land and he didn't even have a map, let alone GPS. And then Gideon, he took 300 people to fight against an insurmountable army with staggering odds, and he won. Risk takers. Hebrews 11 is that great hall of faith, and it introduces us to unwavering faith, faith that faces unrelenting evil. We encounter Moses and Samson, but there are chicks there too, Sarah and Rahab. And they were risk takers. They believed God could do the impossible, the inconceivable, if you like, the princess bride. You know what the lesson is? We can be risk takers because we serve a promise maker. They all served God and hung on to his promises and made steps of faith. A recent study showed that people who engage in risk-taking are happier, more satisfied, more content. And I confess to you that I am a risk-taker. My name is Lenya, and I'm a risk-taker. And I married one of the biggest risk-takers I know. Um, As a matter of fact, that same Paul said, they can demographic risk-takers. They're tall, usually. Male, usually, and in their 20s. But, uh, you know, that's when we came here and took the risk. I'm looking back at the past, right? At just 23 for me and 25 for Skip, we got married. And the only reason we got married, well, not the only reason, we were in love. But we got married to move to New Mexico and start Calvary of Albuquerque. After the engagement photos and the rings, after the invitation was dropped in the mailbox, I and Skip started having doubts. Anybody here get doubts about the promises that you're living on? Can God really do it? Did he really say that? Oh my gosh, what am I doing? And the same thing happened to us. And I got on my knees and I prayed and asked God for guidance. And I believe when you ask God for guidance, you ask specifically, as specific as you can, because God rewards diligent seekers, not just casual inquirers. And I got on my knees and I said, am I supposed to marry Skip Heitzig and move to New Mexico and start a church with him? I mean, it couldn't be more specific than that. And I don't know how God speaks to you. He shows all different ways. I mean, he spoke to Balaam through a donkey. So um, he just impressed on my heart to look at Isaiah 49. And I had no idea what was in Isaiah 49. I was relatively, you know, young in the Lord compared to today. And um, I opened up the Bible, and I have that Bible with me, with the highlights that I had written on the Bible, with everything I felt God told me in a green pen, And it's dated May 15th, 1981. And this is what the Lord said. I will make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation 
to the ends of the earth. And I went, oh, Lord, you're going to use us for salvation. Goes on to say that God has chosen you. I will answer you. I will help you. I will keep you. I will make you to be a covenant for the people to restore the land. And I wrote in my dotes, oh, Lord, you're going to walk me through the valley of the shadow of death, this valley time, and you're going to do something. You're promising to do it. It went on to say that you would say to the captives, come out, and to those in darkness, be free. I circled those things that I wrote, God, there's power in God's word that it would be preached here. And then it had this unbelievable description of the land to which we were going. They will feed beside the roads and find pasture on every barren hill. They will neither hunger or thirst, nor will the desert heat or the sun beat upon them. I will turn all my mountains into roads. And I underlined desert heat and mountains. And I put a little thing like this and went, New Mexico. Because we're a desert with mountains. It was like God described the land to me. And then it said, see, they will come from afar, some from the west. Well, we were in California. Clearly, I was coming from the west to this land with mountains and desert and heat. And God was going to speak salvation and set captives free. It goes on to say, for the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. And I said, God knows that we are dust in my margins. And then I says, I lift up my eyes and look around. All your sons gather and come to you. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, you will wear them as ornaments. You will put them on like a bride. Remember, marriage was a package deal to coming here. And I circled that and I put, like a bride. (laughs) Because I felt God said, yes, marry the man and move to New Mexico. And I wrote, God honors his word above his name. And then there was this really interesting part that says the children born during your bereavement will yet say in your hearing, this place is too small for us, Peggy. (laughs) We've gone from building to building to building in our 30 years. We went from the lake's apartment uh, into uh, where they have Kaufman's now, over to a building that doesn't exist anymore, to this building, and we bought other buildings on this property and made buildings. The children born would say, this place is too small for us. Give us more space to live in. Then you will say in your heart, who bore me these? I was bereaved and barren. I was exiled and rejected. Who brought these up? I was left all alone, but these, where have they come from? And I wrote in my margin, God will multiply in New Mexico. Well, I had no idea. That a Bible study of five people would grow into you, would be this. Thirty years have been really wonderful years. We had a son in New Mexico who loves Jesus. We have a grandson and a granddaughter and Janae, our daughter-in-law. But we have you. You know, it said those bereaved and those who were barren. I think a lot of you know that I suffered from infertility. 
had some miscarriages before we had Nathan. And um, my prayer over the years when that happened was, God, if I can't have physical children, I'll take all the spiritual children you'll give us. And I look at you and I feel so honored that God would bless us with this family. That you are my mothers, my sisters, my brothers, my fathers. So, God fulfilled the promises he had with the risk that we took far beyond, exceedingly abundantly beyond all that I could ask or hope. What will the next 30 years hold? I have no idea, but I still have my Bible and I still have my knees and I'm pretty convinced it will include some risk taking. The year is 1982. An unheralded movie with a strong Christian theme, Chariots of Fire, is a huge surprise as movie of the year. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. A gallon of gas costs 92 cents. USA Today is first published as the nation's newspaper. Ronald Reagan is in the White House. It's morning in America. This is the year that Calvary Chapel comes to Albuquerque. To God be the glory, great things he has done. You know, it's amazing to come back here and realize that it all started right here. The Bible study in the Lakes Apartments, we began in the summertime of 1981, shortly after my wife and I were married. We came here and uh, Kent Bagdazar had an apartment right behind me on the second floor. And we were able to secure this little clubhouse. When we first saw it, we thought, this is huge. This will accommodate lots of people. This is the Far North Cinema Theater here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, behind me, where we met for our first Sunday morning services. And, of course, we were rated G, general admittance, any, anybody could come. We're at 1660 Eubank, northeast in Albuquerque, and this was our second meeting place, really. Uh, our first permanent facility, when we really thought we had a building, this was the place. Then we began to grow again, and we had to rip down a wall and expand the seating capacity from about 350 to almost 500 seats, or 550 seats, and we thought, man, we're cooking now. We were looking for a building when we were in, um, right down the street, at uh, the first building that we had at 1660 Eubank. We had outgrown the facility, and the people who were our neighbors complained because we used all of their parking uh, for our church services on Sunday. Even though they didn't have much business on Sunday, we were using their parking, and it was getting kind of tough. People on both sides of the street and on both sides of us on the same side of the street were all having the same complaint. We knew we needed to move. We looked and looked, and right down the street was this building that was vacant. And when we saw it, we thought, bingo! That's it. This will be the perfect place. And of course now, as you can see, it actually is a bingo parlor, but that's not what we intended. We met for three years here, and that was our main sanctuary. This place inside, believe it or not, could sit close to 900 bodies, adult bodies at one time. We were at a very strategic crossroads in our old building. And here, here was a crossroads. Basically, we rented a space. The guy wanted more money. And 
was about to take us to court because I wasn't about to pay what he was asking, what he was demanding. And uh, in the midst of that, this building came available. And we looked at it, and it seemed so huge, just overwhelming. In fact, my board walked with me through this building, and they just said, it'll never work. It's way too big. It's out of our price range. It's out of what we'd ever use it for. We should cut it in half and give half the church, half it to another church because there's no way we'd occupy even half of this probably for a long time. Yet when I walked in it, I did see things. And in my own imagination, I saw, oh, we could put a platform here, a stage here. We could put a foyer there. We could seat it this way. And I started putting the pieces together. And a few others said, yeah, I think we, we see that as well. And... Um, uh, it was a highlight because it came at the, at the exact time that we needed it. In the beginning I never knew Just how much I really needed you More than a friend, someone I could talk to You've changed me in so many Today are two formerly incorrigible teenagers. Skip Heitzig uh, rebelled against his demanding father, and at one time. Welcome back, and joining me now is Rod's daughter, um, Lenya. And Lenya, I wondered how were you affected as a young girl by your father's agnosticism? How did you view that? I think as a young child, it just seemed really natural. Um, he says agnostic, but really, I felt atheistic. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Have a seat, please. Um, a little bit of bad news. Chuck Smith was unable to make it this weekend because, well, he's 85. Uh, his, he wasn't feeling great this week and couldn't get the plane schedule. But he gave us a little video that I direct your attention to before we finish out our service. Let's watch the screen. We would like to, first of all, express our joy and our blessing and all to see what God has done there in Albuquerque through the faithful ministry of the Word of God. And we just want to congratulate you for the 30 years and just uh, marvel at what God has done, you know, in that ministry and how that you've impacted really the city of Albuquerque because of what God has done in and through uh, the ministry there. So congratulations on 30 years of successful ministry. We don't know how long before the Lord is going to come for His church, but if it is another 30 years, we pray that the next 30 will be just as profitable and just as 
blessed as the last 30 years. So congratulations. Happy 30th. What a joy to be able to at least be with you here on uh, the video uh, for uh, this special day and special occasion. The Word of God is so very, very important. And uh, I think that this is the key to the success of the Calvary Chapel Ministries. Uh, I think that uh, it, where the pastors, as with your pastor Skip, are faithful in just expounding and uh, just going through the Word of God and teaching the Word of God in each of these churches throughout the United States, God has blessed abundantly and the churches are blessed because God said that He would honor His Word even above His name. And, and thus, where God's Word is honored and God's Word is taught and the people can grow in their understanding of the Word of God, then you have a strong, healthy church that really uh, multiplies itself and just uh, sees uh, a, an exciting growth as, as you've enjoyed there in Albuquerque. And each time I've come down, I've been absolutely blessed and amazed at what God has done and what God is doing through His Word and the teaching of His Word there in Albuquerque. So may the Lord just continue His blessings and I know He will as long as you remain faithful and true to the Word of God. And why should we turn to anything else? You know, when you have something that is successful and working, uh, I don't see any reason to try anything else. And I've had people say to me, well, you know, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? And I said, well, I'll tell you what. As long as God is blessing His Word, I'm just going to stick with the Word of God. And when the blessings are no longer there on the Word of God, then we'll maybe look for something else. But until that time, we're just going to stick with the Word of God. And so we encourage you there, just stick with the Word of God and just grow in your understanding of God as He has revealed Himself to us through His Word. And of course, that's basically the purpose of the Bible is to teach you about God and to bring you into a relationship with Him by knowing Him. And so uh, the Bible says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So uh, may the Lord just bless and continue to bless the teaching of His Word there in Albuquerque, and we just will rejoice and what God continues to do, for we know He's going to continue to bless His Word as long as we are faithful in proclaiming His truth to the world in which we live. And so, you know, it's a glorious thing to just really look at the Word of God and to realize that uh, God has promised a blessing upon it. Uh, blessed are those that do hear. And, uh, you know, the uh, teaching of the Word of God through the hearing of the Word of God, the blessing that comes upon your lives. And I know that you know that because uh, Pastor Skip has been so faithful in, in teaching the Word. And I enjoy, I enjoy hearing him expound God's truths. And I really revel in uh, the ability that God has given to Skip to uh, share the Word of God in such a relevant way. 
and I, I listen to his messages and I'm totally blessed by them. And I'm thinking, you know, no wonder the church has been so blessed. No wonder the church has grown. No wonder the church has such an impact there in that community because of the faithful teaching of God's word. So congratulations and may the Lord richly bless you as you celebrate this 30th anniversary. Would you uh, turn in your Bibles very quickly, just have a few minutes left with you, to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8. It's the fifth book in the Bible. So just go Genesis, and then over five books you'll find Deuteronomy, chapter 8. Thirty years. What can be accomplished in thirty years? It took thirty years for ancient people to build one pyramid in Giza, Egypt. It took 30 years for the Romans to build the Trevi Fountain that exists in Rome today to bring water from an aqueduct outside the city into town. In 1806, Napoleon commanded that that Arc de Triomphe in Paris be erected. It took him 30 years to build it. 30 years. I saw a t-shirt the other day that was meant to be for somebody who's 30 years old, and the t-shirt said, it took me 30 years to look this good. <laughs> I saw that and smiled, and I thought, just, just wait a few more years. <laughs> we didn't look like this 30 years ago. Uh, 30 years ago, a young couple from Southern California moved to New Mexico in a Datsun pickup truck. You ever heard of a Datsun pickup truck? If you have heard of that, it dates you. It was before the Nissan Corporation was around. A blue Datsun pickup truck. Thirty years ago, we started a home Bible study in a nearby apartment complex with just a few people. Didn't know what to do next, so we had a prayer meeting on a Monday night. Thirty years ago, we started a Sunday morning in a theater, cleaning up the popcorn, setting up the PA, and preaching the Word. We didn't even have child care, didn't even think about child care till after we rented the theater. And so we then rented a space about a half mile up the road where you would drive, drop off your kids if you were that daring, drive back to the theater, drive back to get your kids and go home. 30 years ago. 30 years ago, there was no campus. 30 years ago, there was no cafe, no bookstore, no skate park, no amphitheater, no staff. But 30 years ago, there was the Word of God and the worship of God, and 30 years later, we are still committed to those two things. We're still all about that. Deuteronomy chapter 8, I've had you turn there. Just to read with me some verses, I want to give you a couple quick principles, and we're going to go and celebrate outside, if you dare. In Deuteronomy 8, Moses is looking back, and then he's looking ahead. Moses would say in Deuteronomy chapter 8, love the past, live the future. He's going back with the children of Israel and getting them to think before they act, which I've discovered is a lost art these days. People love to act and then find out what happens after that. One of the most important things to do is think first, and by the grace of God, 
plan for what's ahead. And that's what he tells them basically to do. In verse 1 of Deuteronomy 8, Moses says, Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what is in your heart, whether you would keep His commandments or not. How he So He humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that He might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, Nor did your foot swell these forty years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey. A land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. As Moses gets them to look back and look ahead... There are four instructions he gives them. And I just want you to quickly notice what they are. Notice in verse 2, he says, you shall remember. And then in verse 5, you should know. Verse 6, you shall keep all the commandments. And verse 10, you shall bless the Lord. Those are the four instructions. You may want to underline them. Those four instructions have four principles. Let me give them to you. Number one, let the past instruct you. Looking back over the past with a good memory should give you incentive for what's ahead. It's always good to rely on your memory, but you have to be very intentional about what you're going to remember. The first thing Moses tells them is, remember that God has led you through some hard times. How hard was the wilderness? Forty years in the desert. And so often it seemed to them to be haphazard. We're kind of going in circles here. But God led them all the way through the wilderness those forty years. Now you've had some hard times as believers. We've had some hard times together as the church. David in Psalm 23 said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't like to walk through the valley, do we? We want to be airlifted from mountain peak to mountain peak. doesn't work that way. You've got to go down into the valley and walk through because the only way out is through. And so I led you through. I saw something years ago that just stuck in my mind from Reader's Digest. It said, Expecting not to be treated badly just because you're a good person is sort of like expecting an angry bull not to charge you just because you're a vegetarian. (laughs) 
We've even had some angry bulls charge, but the Lord has led all the way through. Then, the second thing he would have them remember is that God provided in all times. God led you through hard times, but God provided in all times. And he reminds them of the manna that fell from heaven. Now, can I just say manna was one of the coolest inventions God ever did. Because the Bible says in Exodus chapter 16 that it tasted like wafers made with honey. Now, you say that to a New Mexican... And what does that sound like? What do you get at the end of a Mexican meal? Sopapillas! Come on! Wafers and honey? Not bad for a free meal falling from the sky every day. You heat that stuff up, it's like Krispy Kreme donuts falling out of the sky or sopapillas every day. Notice it also says in verse 4, Your garments did not wear out, nor did your foot swell. Now, that's very important. Doctors tell us that people that eat the same thing every single day, like you would with manna, every single day, the sameness of diet will deprive people from vitamins. And in many countries, missionary doctors have seen the swelling of the feet. That tells me that manna was the best multivitamin ever invented. It was a multivitamin that tasted great. All of the nutrients were there. Your feet did not swell. And notice also, your garments did not wear out. Can you imagine having a set of clothes that you never had to change out? They just never wore out. Now, guys would love that. (laughs) Girls would hate that. (laughs) Honey, I need to get a new dress. No, your dress has been looking good for 20, 30 years. Keep it going, baby. (laughs) Yeah, but that new Gucci turban is out. Sorry, we don't need it. God's providing God led you and provided in all times. So let the past, with all of its ups and all of its downs, instruct you. Remember. Let's remember where we've come from. Second principle, let the present inspire you. Verse 5, you should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. We should learn from the past, but we should keep learning in the present. And as Chuck said so well on the video, keep studying the Word. If you want to live a miserable life, live it looking in the rearview mirror. Always look back and you'll live a miserable life. And so many people I know live their Christian life in the past tense. Oh, I remember what it was like 20 years ago or in the 60s and 70s in the Jesus movement. Cool, get over it. Jesus is still moving today. Let's learn from the past, but let the present inspire you. Don't have a past tense relationship, but a present tense relationship with the Lord. Now, what should we learn in the present? How should we be inspired in the present? Simply this truth in verse 5, that God loves you as a heavenly parent, much like an earthly parent loves his son or his daughter. That's the kernel nugget in verse 5. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. The closest human relationship of a parent and child is in view here. He loves you like that. And what God is saying is the reason for all the hard times is for a course correction. It's part of discipline. Hebrews 12, 
The Lord chastens those that he loves and punishes those he accepts as his children. He's been a dad to us. He's been a father to us. We should know that. Here's the third lesson. Let the future invite you. Let the past instruct you. Let the present inspire you. Let the future invite you. Look at verse 6. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in His ways and to fear Him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of the valleys and the hills. Remember the past. Be learning in the present, but always with the view toward the future. A man went to see his doctor. And he was having problems with his eyesight. And the doctor said, I can't help your eyesight without impairing your memory. So it's your choice. You want your memory or your eyesight? Man thought about it a long time and he said, I want my eyesight. I want to see where I'm going rather than where I've been. But can I just say, you need both. Remember where you've been. Remember where you've come from. And learn those lessons and let that invite you into the future. Cause you to go forward. In Philippians 3, Paul said, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know what Paul was referring to? All of his past accomplishments. That he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. That he was a law keeper. That he achieved status in the Jewish religion. All those things that were so important to a worldly person. He says, I don't care about, I forget that. That I may press forward for something more. The Lord has done a lot of things through you. Through this fellowship. We have a lot of accomplishments we could check off and feel good about. Never be satisfied with past accomplishments. Always look forward and let the future invite you. I remember the early days of the Bible study in the Lakes Apartments. And I just sat there and I said, I wonder what God's going to do. I had no clue. And then when we moved from building to building, I wonder what God's going to do here. But 30 years later, you know what I'm saying? I wonder what God's going to do now. And I can't wait to see because he's got a pretty good track record of doing some cool stuff already. So based upon the past, I'm pretty exuberant about the future. Fourth and final thing, I'll leave you with this. Let thanksgiving impel you. Let thanksgiving, praise, glorying God impel you. Look at verse 10. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which He has given you. You know, every parent loves hearing their child say, Thank you. And so does our Heavenly Father when we praise Him. And whether we feel good during the worship service or not, we engage and we tell Him, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He loves it. Jesus was in one of the villages between Galilee and Samaria, and ten lepers were in the distance. Jesus healed them all, and only one returned and gave him thanks. Ninety percent did not. I wonder if the ratio is any different these days. Jesus said to the one who came back, where are the other nine? Thanksgiving should be a part of our life. You know, 
It's sort of like taking a handful of sand and trying to find bits of metal in or iron in the sand. Looking for iron particles in a handful of sand, you could do it one of two ways. You could run your fingers through it and you'll get very few. Or you can sweep a magnet over it and get tons. Ever done that as a kid? An unthankful heart is living life just running your fingers through the sand. A thankful heart moves through the day like a magnet picking up all sorts of mercies and graces. And there's just enough fodder there to say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And develop that perspective. That's the idea here. As I look back over all these years, talked about the Lakes Apartments and you saw that video that we did a long time ago. And we were looking back then. And we started with four or five people in the Lakes Apartments. And we just got news a couple weeks ago, Outreach Magazine said this is the 13th largest church in the United States of America. So I'm going, okay, don't really know how that happened, but thank you, thank you, thank you. And listen, it's not about numbers. I remember being in India years ago. And I was listening to two Indian pastors talk and they were comparing how large their ministries were. And one older brother stepped forward and he says, Brothers, why are you living in the book of Numbers? You should be living in the book of Acts. That's where I want to live. God has chosen the foolish things of this world. Put your hand up. You're one of them. I'll put my hand up. The foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Our vision has not changed. We pursue the God who's passionately pursuing a lost world. We do it through upreach, inreach, and outreach. And basically, I jotted this down. I want to see people fitted for heaven. And I want to see those people outfitted for service. Are you fitted for heaven? Do you know Jesus Christ personally? Do you walk with Him in a personal relationship? And then are you outfitted for service in His kingdom? That's maturity. That's what we're about. I'm going to close in prayer. And I have good news on your way out. Not only can you get a flash drive with teaching and worship music that is representative of our worship leaders throughout the many years of Calvary's history, but also we have manna. In the courtyard, free Krispy Kreme donuts. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Really, that's all we can say is thank you and praise you. And we give you the honor and the glory for what you have done, what you're doing in the present, and what you're going to do in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this service from Calvary of Albuquerque. If you would like more information about what you've heard in this message or about Calvary of Albuquerque, please visit our website at www.calvaryabq.org. If you have made a decision to follow Christ or would like someone to pray for you, please leave a message with our prayer watch line at 505-344-3658. Thank you and God bless.